Welcome to our fourth podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Jen, two sisters health. Hi everyone. Sisters health. So we're two sisters that have very different perspectives on health. Mine is medical and Jen's is social. Social. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to talk about sauna today. I'm going to, if you don't mind, Jen, I'll give a little bit of background. Um, so I built a sauna about a year ago and got pretty interested in the idea of sauna. So we thought it'd be fun to do a podcast about it because it's definitely improved my health, both I think physically and emotionally, um, because it's a place where we can relax and stretch and enjoy conversation with friends and uh, get different health benefits as well. So I looked up a couple of things that I thought would be kind of interesting to share. Um, the word sauna is a Finnish word and it's basically, you know, a small hot room and traditionally Finnish saunas are um, done with wood fires. So there's different types of fire uh, sauna, but we're going to stick with the wood fire one today just because um, that's the one I have and that's kind of the oldest running sauna. So I looked up some uh, articles and read a little bit about it this morning and I thought it was pretty interesting, the history. So um, ancient saunas were man-made caves that were draped, closed with animal skins and had fires burning inside during the day beneath a pile of stones. After the fire was extinguished and the smoke wafted out, the stones would continue to warm the cave into the night. Um, the people who huddled inside and basked in the steam uh, that rose from the stones when water was pouring poured on them. So the rooms were not just warm by fire, but also sterilized by smoke. And as a result, they were essential for sustaining the lives of this. And so, you know, back very long time ago, um, life and environment was difficult and people didn't have dwellings even. So this was where they kind of lived. The early saunas functioned as kitchens, washrooms, hospitals, and more. While in harsh winters, they were literally the only place to live. The saunas were where people were born and where um, the most important celebrations took place. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. I hadn't heard that before, that that was the yeah, um, And then just kind of a funny bit is that in Finland, uh, just over, Five million people live in Finland and they have an impressive three million saunas and they their saunas far outnumber their cars. <laughs> I love that. And uh, the, the tradition, right, the one I told you about the earliest, were thought to originate somewhere in Northern Europe around 2000 BC. So that would have been those earliest ones that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then there was also, uh, they talk about how there are all these remains of saunas all over Europe. And usually when you see circles of rocks, that's where mm -hmm. a sauna was. So there, mm -hmm. this article argued that um, Stonehenge might have been a sauna. That's fascinating. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Um, okay, so that was a little bit on history, and then I just will mention that Jen was here last week, and we ha we took a sauna, and we kind of do like a totally non-traditional 
<laughs> what Burning Man meets sauna. <laughs> yes, exactly. Meets hot yoga. Do you want to tell them a little bit about our sauna? Yes. Uh, so we turn it into a dance club, karaoke, you know, celebration. Um, Rachel said they built a sauna on their property a year ago. One of the things I love to do most when my sister visits is we like to go out dancing. Um, and where she lives, uh, there's not many places to go dancing, right? There's probably somewhere to go but yeah, this is not something that we've done at your house before. Not really. Um, there's a couple, maybe. I don't go. Last year, um, when they built the sauna, and we had, you know, ourselves and some other friends there visiting, and we all took a sauna, and we turned the sauna, which holds, I don't know, have you guys maxed it out before? It can hold, like, eight people easily, right? I think it's ten. Like I think we've had ten. Yeah. Um, and we turned it into a dance club, basically, and let people take turns picking music. And, you know, because all you need is a little portable speaker and your phone and Spotify or Pandora or whatever. Uh, they're not giving us any money, by the way. Um, and, you know, you can play whatever music you want to play. And we dance. There's enough space on the, you know, in between the benches in front of the fire to um, dance. And you can stretch and do yoga and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, Burning Man meets hot yoga meets um, sauna. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty fun. And we tell stories, like it's not just music. It, you know, we like, you kind of tell, we, last year we each picked three songs and we would kind of rotate. And then we sort of told the stories about the songs we wanted to play. It turned into a big therapy session as well, kind of. It was very fun. It was really a bonding, fun, bonding experience. And yeah. we did it this time again. It was less people. It was just uh, not as many different families coming together. But the, your um, Forrest was there, and Zach was there, and you and I were there, and the kids Sarah. were there. Sarah, Sarah that's Sarah. right. Sarah was there. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Again, this will be certainly uh, something we do every visit. Yeah, it's very fun. And, you know, that's one way to enjoy sauna, probably a very non-traditional. It gets pretty hot, but we stay in there for hours. <laughs> we were in there for hours. I took bre several breaks, no question. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend I was in there for three hours straight without a break. But brief breaks, like I step outside for a minute because it's cold, nighttime, and it was chilly. And so I was outside for a minute and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go back in. And someone was like bringing water, refreshing our water because we go through multiple bottles of water. Yeah, we drank <laughs> a lot of water. Sarah was bringing ice water. And refilling everyone's water. She was so thoughtful. Actually, she tried to go to sleep at one point, or maybe she just put her son to sleep. And yes. She's staying in our camper, which is kind of like, it's pretty far. And she, she actually thought we just left the speaker on because <laughs> she's like, there's no way they're still in there. And she came in and sure enough, we're totally dancing and singing. And she was like, awesome. And we ended up staying another hour. It was very fun. Very, 
therapeutic. I know I felt a lot better afterwards. I think it added years to my life, at least a couple of days, right? It must have. It must have. Yeah. Maybe an hour at, 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 at least because the laughter alone, right? I mean, yeah, talk sure. about what's good for our health. It's a lot more than just what we eat. And, um, so we, Jen and I tried to do a podcast from inside the sauna and it's pretty pathetic. We're like sweating we, we can't think this is like early. So we started sauning at like five or something. And then we, we finally ended at like midnight, which is insane. Right. I mean, we ate dinner, we did all these other things. Yeah. We weren't in the sauna that long. Yeah. So I'll put a little bit of that in because it's kind of funny at the very least. Um, but we could only come up with, I don't know, 10 minutes and then we're like, Oh man, I'm so hot. Are you, are you doing okay? So, yeah. So yeah, we, my brain was not working. We um, did talk about the health benefits a little bit. There have been some studies done, um, mostly in Finland of all places. Some people there who thought, gosh, we need to study this. This is helping benefit people, but we don't have any proof and there's no data. So they did do some pretty good studies with thousands of participants. Um, I've looked them up again, you know, there's not much money for funding these studies because you're not selling anything. I mean, maybe right. a sauna company should um, fund a study, but studies are expensive and you, it's hard to prove that sauna is the thing that worked, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because you have to factor in all these other potential um, causes and influences. So in, even in the studies that I read, um, mm -hmm. where they said, oh, yes, there was this health benefit, but it was, it was um, not proven that that's what gave the health benefit. Mm -hmm. So they studied these people and saw who went on to develop heart attacks or dementia. And people who saw it, it was kind of intense. That was like four to seven times a week. You certainly couldn't do the kind of sauning we do. <laughs> You'd have like no life. Um, but they reduced their risk of stroke and um, dementia more than 50%. But then, you know, at the end, they're like, well, we can't prove that that's why. Um, so it's somewhat debatable. I also remember seeing in the studies I read with you, Rach, um, that cardiovascular benefit was something that really stood out in the studies that have been done so far. Um, so it's not super well understood but that is definitely something that stood out as a health benefit of cardiovascular and there was a lot of um you know thinking oh why would that be and i don't know that it's proven i could just say from someone who saunas it gets your heart racing it gets your blood flowing um i mean you can feel your blood moving into your extremities it gets the circulation really strong throughout your body. And I'm sure that has something to do with it because it kind of mimics exercise. Right. Yeah. yeah. Without the benefits of the muscles getting stronger, but yeah, the circulatory effects anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. And for me, it, just thinking about sauna starts me thinking bigger than that. It's like, is it the temperature? Is it the, um, you know, what is it exactly that provides health benefit that is about that practice? And then um, I was talking with some friends this weekend and they were actually talking about the, there is, a, you talked about it, I think, Rachel, this practice of 
take a hot shower and then you kind of shock your body with the cold, mm-hmm. with, the cool, um, with making the water cold for a certain amount of time afterwards. And there's this whole hydrotherapy, um, you know, treating yourself with temperature changes. And it's just fascinating to me that, you know, this is something that uh, in the course of my life, I haven't explored very much, but it really um, can be beneficial to your health just to change the temperature <laughs> that you're in for a certain period of time. You know, right. the intensity, the intensity of cold and what that's all about. And it's something that's probably been better understood at, at different times in history, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm not remember, I did, you know, read about this, but I didn't take notes or anything, of course. Uh, but there's something to the stress on your body that the heat plays that helps you actually age better. It like lengthens, I don't know, some part of, um, some, oh, I remember it was that the proteins fold in the correct shape more often when your body uses them. It helps your body be better at picking up um, mistakes when you're going through your cellular processes. And it has something to do with the stress that it puts on your body and your ability to handle that. Um, so I think there's probably a lot that we just don't understand but when you actually do it you can feel the benefits i'm kind of looking a little bit here Um, one thing i i'd love to point out too is i i think about um you know i don't have a sauna in my home um i can certainly close the door in the bathroom and turn on hot water but in terms of like getting the temperature up hot enough to um get that kind of benefit it would be challenging right and so my mind goes to well there are hot yoga classes near me and I've actually um, taken many of these hot yoga classes and I do find them very beneficial. Um, I've been practicing hot yoga for probably 20 years, actually, not every week, but I have gone through stretches of doing it regularly. And I love heat. I love tropical environments. I love summer. I don't mind being too hot. Even when I'm uncomfortable, I kind of enjoy it. So I'm, I know that not everybody feels that way about heat. Um, but it's in one difference between like a sauna experience that we had as a group of friends and family kind of having a party in the sauna and a hot yoga class. So the heat is the same. The physical practice is the same. Uh, but the social environment of those two things are very, very different. Like when I go to a hot yoga class, you're actually discouraged from talking not because they don't want you to make friends, but because this is considered like this sanctuary space where each person is kind of going inward and meditating and getting into their own body and paying attention, you know, which is a whole thing unto itself, which I appreciate the benefit of that on a different level. Um, But, you know, it would be, I'm trying to think, I can't really think of any place that I could go to and have a sauna party in extreme heat you know, at any one of these yoga studios, but having talked this through, like I'm thinking I could reach out to a yoga studio and say, hey, maybe we could plan a special event where we actually invite people. And it's not like a guided class like we usually do, but it's more of a, um, you know, the Burning Man meets 
Asana, you taught yoga like, thing. You know, when I um, did my yoga teacher training, we did these workshops where we would integrate yoga and um, conversations or lessons. And one of them was we did this nonviolent communication um, ex experience or interactive event where we picked up cards and they said things and we felt how our bodies felt and we talked about it and it was this really sweet intimate getting to know of people right we would talk about our lives and our experience of different um emotions and feelings and how our verbal uh language can influence the way that things are interpreted or felt just by sure. words that we use right and I'll always kind of remember that because it was an important part of the training. And I think also she was trying to get us to think about how to touch students through verbal communication. And, but doing, you know, one thing about the sauna, when you're in there, you talk about a lot of personal, intimate things because it's this enclosed capsule, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing from the outside world. Everybody's in there experiencing something that's profound and intense, even if mm -hmm. it's heat. And that does something to create a connection with everyone. And so, you know, you and I like to dance and sing, listen to music. So when you come, we always do like a really fun party. There was about a week before that we had a friend of Boris in and we did a sauna and we d we chanted the whole time and like played drums on the benches and stuff and it was really cool and that was like a whole different experience and then there have been yeah. times where we just sat in there and talked about our lives and our personal stories and it just really fosters some sort of powerful i don't know emotion or connection between people to be sharing that extreme experience you know mm -hmm. other things will do that too like think if you've ever gone like backpacking with someone or done something that pushes you a little bit to your limits mm -hmm. people i think tend to connect quicker yeah right right and in a very unusual way mm -hmm. for sure um, yeah so I, uh, I did find something on the, well, this is immune, so it's not about aging, but um, it says that they've done a sauna, or they did a study on sauna that showed that it might strengthen your immune system. Um, they did athletes who did um, sauna, and then they did immediate blood work, and it showed that it increased their white blood cell count. Um, mm so a marker of immune strength and that similar to exercise saunas increase the body's level of stress hormone cortisol uh, triggering the immune system to go on to alert and um, that can help with uh, your immune system it also releases a lot of endorphins as a result so that goes back to what we talked about with exercise how it kind of stimulates exercise right and then um, a couple, lower risk of dementia, men who took saunas four to seven times per week had a 66% lower risk of developing any form of dementia, mm. which is crazy. Um, and that was a study from Age and Aging, a study that followed 2,315 adults over the course of 20 years. Wow. I'd love the citation. I'd love to read that. 
study. That's really interesting. Yeah, I should probably put links to some of this at the bottom, huh? Sure. Um, if I can <laughs> find the time. <laughs> uh, research consistent to me, I can do it. Research consistently links blood flow to the brain with um, cognitive decline and development of dementia. So it's thinking that maybe even the circulation and just getting the blood flow improved. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any understanding of what causes dementia and what contributes to dementia. And my guess uh, is the answer is many things. Is, am I correct? Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, there... I think we talked about Dale Bresden in another one about the fasting, but he thinks I, I'm going to pull a number out and I don't know if it's right, but he had the theory that it, there's like 36 different mechanisms that contribute to dementia. So he feels that no drug will ever fix it. Hopefully he's wrong. Uh, but that was his feeling is it's so many and you only have to fix a certain number and they don't know what that number is. So, Let's say there's 36 problems. If you fix 20 of them, you won't get dementia. If you fix five, you will. So it's one of those um, things we just don't know. Okay, here's one more. Um, the mental health. The greatest mental health benefit of sauna is the act of just sitting still for a defined period of time. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> In this time, we connect with our bodies in an intense and intimate way, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how you connect with this deeper part of yourself. In addition, the heat of the sauna quiets the mind, bringing our awareness into the immediacy of the moment and the, away from chaos of the outside world. For anyone who suffers from a mood disorder, such as anxiety and depression, it's a wonderful way to self-soothe and change the emotional cognitive state in a relatively short period of time. I can say that I do feel that. And I think that's what I was referring to before about how it creates this really profound feeling with you and others. Um, so to reap the greatest mental rewards, while in the sauna, take deep breaths, be aware of your surroundings, and be aware of how you feel. Do a yoga pose or stretch or boogie down. <laughs> that was my input. Um, <laughs> you're calming down hormonal levels in the body. Take a moment, unplug, and lower the edge off life, which we definitely do that. Like the unplugging is really pretty cool. It's kind of like a little sensory deprivation, deprivation chamber in a way, right? You're real focused on the immediacy of the moment. So Rach, who should uh, be cautious before they, I would assume anyone should check with their healthcare provider before yeah. they yes. <clears throat> But what would you want to watch for? What would you, um, because I'm very used to getting really hot and I feel confident right. that I know how it feels and it's fine and I'm not worried and I'm, you know, um, but I have certainly um, talked to people who have tried hot yoga and it's, it's scary and they're like, I'm going to die in here and, you know, they leave and I actually wouldn't know what to watch for. Um, I get, you know, I've never passed out in a hot yoga class or anything. So um, I don't know what I would be careful of as someone 
not so sure it's a great idea and who should be careful? Everyone probably is the correct answer. <laughs> right. Okay. Because, you know, people, you, first of all, you never know. If you're dehydrated and you go into a sauna, uh, that could be dangerous, right? Because you just don't have enough blood volume. You could pass out. Anyone with high blood pressure, I would say the best idea is to check with your medical professional and ask them if, you, if they think that it's a safe place for you to be. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely, if you're not used to it, you want to work up to it, right? You and I both do hot therapies, whether it's hot yoga or saunaing on a regular basis. The recommendation is actually only 15 to 20 minutes. And the studies that they did were on 15 to 20 minutes. So when we talk about being in there for hours, like this is not medical advice. Like we should put that at the beginning of every podcast. Like I have medical training, but this is not medical advice. Um, I probably, you know, should first and foremost say that. <laughs> and then when you do decide to do sauna, start slow, maybe go in for five minutes, see how you feel, make sure you're well hydrated before you go in, have a, you know, escape plan. Don't feel like you can't leave. So I do think too, a lot of people will vasodilate in a sauna. That's what we were talking about. That's part of the benefit. But um, some people are really sensitive to that and they might get really low blood pressure and pass out. Other people, if they have really high blood pressure, that could also work against them. It could intensify that and cause problems. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a million reasons people shouldn't sauna, but um, check with your medical professional. And if they say, okay, make sure you're hydrated and start slow. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. We definitely are chugging water the whole time that we're in We're there. definitely chugging water the whole time we're in there. Do you know how long, do you remember checking when we started our um, podcast, if we're keeping it to 30 minutes? Um, well, we didn't start quite 30 minutes ago, I would say. Okay. I am going to add the old one a little bit. Right. So maybe right. this would be, so yeah. do you want to add anything to sauna this week? It just always leads my brain to any other temperature therapies. Like, um, I love the sauna thing. Really. It feels good to me. And yeah. I know not everybody feels that way about it. Um, the, a good, a good friend was telling me she's doing kind of the cold shower thing after her hot shower. That sounds horrible to me. We went on a hike with our children and they all oh, got right. full body into a creek, a freezing cold snowmelt creek last week. Mm -hmm. And I could barely hold my foot in that, my naked foot in that water. Um, so even though I feel confident and cocky about my tolerance, therapy. I am completely the opposite on cold and I'm curious about that. I'm, I'm willing to try it. You know, um, I'd have to work my way up to it. I'd probably read a lot about it first because I'm a chicken. Uh, it just does, it sounds terrible to me to, you know, let cold water wash over me unless I've just come out of the sauna. <laughs> right. Yeah, actually, that's a good thing to mention. So we went on a hike to Castle Crags and we the kids jumped in a creek there, Root Creek, and it was snow melt and freezing. 
and Jenny's daughter is 15 and my kids are eight and nine. Uh, so big temperatures, or I mean, big age spread there. And all three of them swam in this creek. And it was really cute because when they got out, all three of them were like, I feel amazing. I feel so great. I didn't know that jumping in cold water could make you feel so good. And so, yeah, there's a lot of evidence that sauna and cold therapies are actually just two sides of the same coin, right? And actually, you might get the same benefits from cold that you do from heat. And there's a lot of people who argue you actually need both. So hot sauna, cold plunge after, hot sauna, cold plunge. In fact, most therapies, um, when you're using it as like a health therapy, they do recommend you jump in a creek. Some people will just get troughs of cold water. We have a cold shower, although it's disconnected for the winter. Um, mm -hmm. We trenched a line, but we haven't put it in yet. Um, so you can rinse off in the cold. Although we just stepped outside and it's freezing. The other thing that's really cool about our house is we live out really far from town and there's no light pollution. So when you step outside after being in a dark sauna, your eyes are um, adapted to the low light and the sky. Well, your connection is a little bit shaky. Hopefully it's recording oh. well. The, the no sky. Light pollution where you are. Uh -huh. Sorry. This, is it better? Yes. Now it is. When you walk out of the sauna, the whole sky is just illuminated with stars. It's incredible. And it's just expansive. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's really cool. So, well, Jen, um, it's probably a good place to wrap up our podcast. Sure. Always a pleasure to see you. You too. You too. Thanks and for making time for this. You wanted to talk about next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take on, uh, there's a dance style for everyone. Oh, I like that. Yeah. How do you want me to look into it? Uh, boy, great question. Okay. I'll think about it. I'll text you. Okay, sounds good. And then we want to start interviewing people too, right? Yes. So we maybe do. we should start reaching out to some people on different topics. Yeah, I have someone in mind, but um, we can talk about who we want to start with. And I can do the dance one anytime. Yeah, um, okay. I think we should plan on trying to do it this week. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay, I'll see um, you Friday. So one sister, medical, one sister. Social. <laughs> <laughs> Two different perspectives. Love you. Sister's health. Love you too. Two sister's health. Okay. Bye, Bye Rach.
Love you too. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye guys. Bye. I've been trying to pay attention. Ah. <sighs>